Are we recording? Yes. Oh, God, we're still here. We're still here. We're, we're still right. bringing. We're never going home. No, we can't go home. No. We have to stay here until it's done. Okay. Okay. I, I stay here. I don't yeah. care. I, I sleep don't care. I've got nothing better to do anyway. I sleep here. My life My life is rubbish at the I've moment. I've got a million things better to do. No, you don't. No, you no, don't. No, you don't. What are you going to do? You're going to you're gonna go and stroke a horse? What are you going to yeah. do, horse boy? You're fucking bitten by another horse. I've got, I got a baby horse to go and play with. Oh, good. Did the baby horse get born? Evie, yeah. Yeah, we called it Evie. Number one and I had to actually pull her out of the mother. Glorious. That was an experience. Glorious. And she was up against the fucking electric fence. I was getting shocks as I'm, I'm trying to, and I'm shocking the foal through me. Yeah, yeah. Your, li- your life's a fucking penthouse letter, motherfucker. It's 4.30, 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> fucking. I, I, I can't even. It went for ages. I can't She'd even. lay down and then she'd get up and she'd lay down and she'd get up. And we rang the vet and he said, mm. what's sticking out? We said, two feet and a nose. And he said, Grab the feet and pull as hard as you can. <laughs> so we did that in 15 you know, minutes later. You, we had a foal. You know, if you melt them, they make glue. <laughs> Foals? Horses. All of them. All of them. The, the, the hooves, yeah. The hooves. But you melt them all and you get glue. It's great. Yeah. All right. Start the show. Okay, <laughs> I fucking lose my mind totally, right? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's not what I was planning on stroking anyway, but, you know, <laughs> go home and stroke something else. <laughs> And welcome to the Modo PG Summer Sessions. Rod has left some some uh, some plastic here for Kira yeah. to put on the floor, so the sweat doesn't rot anymore of his carpet. Yes, oh, I don't know about that, <laughs> but it's made everything. This is, this is carpet. Yes, <laughs> it was. It's, it's made everything very slippery, like Jorge Martin's middle finger. Yes, <laughs> when he goes out with the captain. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> Hi, boys. I love Hope you're enjoying your summer. <laughs> I love it. We know you're listening. Oh, boy, my God. Yes, we hope all of our listeners are having a lovely New Year's and they got through everything and they, they're still waiting for the racing to start like we are. We can't wait. we got the special guests coming in from the UK. Yes. 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 From the Ooh, UK. Very special. Very special. He's going to get some <sighs> sexy information, I think, for us. But I think... Before we go any further, mm. before we go any further, yes. we need to get another pair of mongrel boots into someone <laughs> or <laughs> onto someone and five pairs or of socks. Or someone, Instead of into someone. With five pairs of socks. Yeah, well, they're good. That, you know, that's, that's at least a year's worth of wear. Yes. Right? So, Tug, can you can you dig into the Patreon pile and, and give me a name? Patreon pile, hang on. Pick one out. Of just, the a, just, a, just a random? Yeah, just a random. Someone a we random. know and like. Um, hang on, I can't get into it. Oh, no. Don't fucking get in here. Because Mongrel Boots are good enough to give us. So pair. what are they giving you? Giving us uh, you get a, pair, a pair of your boots of your choice off the website. Oh, yes, yeah. you, what size you want, yeah. what style you yeah. like, yeah. what color you what want. Color you want, and five pairs of socks. And five pairs of socks. Happy days. I love these socks. Glenn, Glenn Griffin. Glenn, Glenn Griffin. Griffin. You've done it, son. There's one. Yeah, good bloke. Pair of mongrel boots. Yes. On your, on your Glenn, there you go. You have fun with them. Because we love you. You and, know that, I, I, and that, of course this leads straight into the poem. Yes. Right. Do your poem. Got to do my poem. You can't give away mongrel boots without doing without a poem. Poem because they are they are appreciators of fine literinguistics. 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 So this is this is the fifth in a series of six. Right. Right. <clears throat> you ready? 
Oh, six in a f- series of six. Yes, there's five. No, there's six. No, there's five. No, this one's six. I'm telling you, this is five. No, the other one was five that we haven't done yet. No, are you really this serious? This will be six. <laughs> doesn't, does it matter what order Oh, no, in? no, it doesn't. Hang on. No, this is six. No, this is five. I'm telling you, this is five. Oh, is, okay, five all, it is. All I know is this is enthralling listening for our... <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking stupid. I can't count. No, you're right. It's, 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 so we didn't do one in the fifth show. Not yet. No, so this is six. Okay, then. Well, it doesn't matter. Go back and do five later when we do the fifth show. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going well. <laughs> ah, all right. Everything is fucking shit. It's all fucked more than a bit. It's actually <laughs> fucked fucking heaps. Oh, fuck. Guitar just fucking weeps. Has he started yet? Oh, fucking, so. fucking, Not fucking, sure. fuck. It's just <laughs> no, so fucked. So. It's like a truck that's fallen off a fucking cliff and fucked itself like some mole's quiff. But really... <laughs> But really, it's more fucked than that. Like when you take a cricket bat and smash the fuck out of some prick and fuck him up and take his chick and sell her organs to Iran and let Godzilla eat Japan. That's how fucked all this shit is without that MotoGP biz. Here's the fucking racing back. Get those cunts out on the track. They've all had their fucking summer break. Gives back to making the earth shake. Yes. Yeah, fuck. That's great. No, it's fucking shit. <laughs> like my life. <laughs> Oh boy! I can't anymore. I'm I'm I'm, I'm curious. Like, what fashion accessory will Fabio Quattararo have this year? We've seen the pearl necklaces. We've seen the Gucci handbag mm-hmm. or man bag or whatever he wants to, but look like a handbag to me. What yeah. do you think he's gonna wear this year? I think it'll be an, an earring type thing. Maybe a nipple piercing. Um, no, I'm thinking we're going going back to the days of George Michael. Oh. I think it'll be back to the, the hoop earring, but maybe with some diamantes. Oh. Just a just a thought. Do you know what I found? I discovered something. What did yeah. you find? I found that, that no Marquez will ever ride for Yamaha. I found that out. That's true. I found that out. They have that's, said that. Because, that, so, yes, yeah, that's because it, the, well, the, the Raslan says it. Well, and Alex, uh, Alex Marquez said it, and Rosalind backed him up. Yeah, he said so, he's not shitting. So Alex, hissing like a jilted Catholic, Catholic schoolgirl, said Yamaha took his brother's behaviour during his battle with Rossi personally and blocked them both from ever joining Yamaha. And Rosalind backed this up. Right? So, you know, apparently how it went down was um, uh, Alex said, he admitted on a DAZN documentary about his career that he had offered to join Patronus before the Japanese brand stepped in. He said, it was the fifth year in Moto2. I'd been criticised for that. I wanted to get to MotoGP for years. In the middle of the year in Brno, I had an offer to do a year in Moto2. I think it was two years in MotoGP with Patronus. Fabio was in front fighting with Mark in 2019. It was a bike I liked. And then um, it didn't work. End up working, he says. But former team owner of uh, Patronus Yamaha, before it became RNF Aprilia, Raslan, who spoke about, also spoke about the decision not to sign Marquez despite it being his team. So, you know. What do we think about that? That's a, that's a bit petty. Well, it's, you know, it's okay, yeah, because, you know, should you be penalised because of the sins of your brother? Yeah, that's a bit and, shit. And, and every every other Marquez that's yet to come for the next 500 <laughs> no, years. No, Marquez, he no, never. No, you, never. if he can't even walk into a Yamaha dealership and order a bike, you know, and buy one himself. No, <laughs> cannot. Sorry. Your name is Marquez. You're not allowed to no have Yamaha a Yamaha. No Yamaha for you. No Yamaha for well, you. And come back one year. Yeah. The, the, the fucking evidence is there. Razzlin says he has a picture. Here on the I, phone. I believe it. I so believe he says, We actually signed the contract for Alex to be with them, 
and this was on August 2019, 10 o'clock at night. I told Yamaha that I want to sign Alex for Moto2 and then for MotoGP, and Yamaha said no. No member of the Marquez family can be at Yamaha. I said, why? This is my team. It was, And it was because of Mark and what happened in 2015. It became personal. Yeah, well, it was personal. Well, yeah. I don't think it was about Mark. I, I think they just didn't want Papa Marquez in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stinking the place up with the, the pits. Hay, the mop in the bucket. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's all. Well, I don't know. It's 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 just shows it shows you a how much power Rossi does have. Yeah. Right in the pit, uh, in in the sport. Well, he and he's now a, a Yamaha. What, what do they call him? A spokes ambassador. Ambassador. Ambassador for Yamaha. So yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Let, tell me about the sponsors. What who who are sponsors for this? this well, CMBing. While we're waiting for C- our friend to come from the UK. CMB. Financial service. Financial service. CMBfin.com. Yeah. Yes. These guys um, are just look there's in, nothing they can't get. Look in here. They can get stuff. What, yeah. the, what do you want? They get for you. They're like the dealers. The dealers of the cash. They're what, like your dealer, except you go to them to get money. Yeah. What you need. You don't give them money, you get money. What they offer is the best money you'll ever get, and that money is the money other people give you. Well, lend you. Yeah. The whole point of finance is to get the things you need now rather than trying to save up for them. It's how the world works, and no one has ever managed to save for a Panigale ever. No. And you need that Panigale or the Rocket 3 or that bulldozer with the Dodge Ram or the lift kit, rally lights, gun rack. Fuck, who doesn't fucking need one of those? I got that. So what you also need is a top-notch finance broker like CMB Financial Services who understands your needs and will get you the best deal for your finance, it's kind of a must if you want to play in those circles. CMBfin.com. Yeah, what bike right. do you want? To oh, is it dot .com or .com.au? Well, it's, it's CM, cmbfin.com.au. Yeah. So the best finance broker is a fellow rider who knows you don't just want a Twino factory. You need a Twino factory. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a thing only other bike riders know. I should get right. that gun rack for my so Multistrata. Th- this is what you can get. You, you can have a Panigale V2 Bayless first championship 20th anniversary for 111 bucks a week. You spent more on strippers in a night. Did I do? Yeah. You can have a Dodge Ram 1500 from 365, four bucks a week. That's like a night of strippers, hookers, and illegal chemicals. It's still not expensive. <laughs> You have a bulldozer, for fuck's sake, from 158 a week. That's a night of strippers, hookers, chemicals, and being king of the world at the casino blackjack table. And you could bury your enemies. Yeah. Yeah. Chris and Coops, the other champions at CMB Financial Service, get you and they will get you the finance best suited for you. Look, the banks hate you. They would rather not even talk to you when you beg them for money. That's why you should use CMB Financial Service. They speak bank. Payments are based on business use applicants only. Terms and conditions apply to approved purchases. Contact them. CMBfin.com.au. Call 1-300-262-346. Fantastic. Right. Now, I want to know something. Yeah, what's that? When are you going to give me this bloody savage motorcycle to ride? When? Well, as Wait, no, soon when? as they have... One available for you. It's not an answer. He, no, when he's no. with his. I don't one. know. Oh, I want to try. I don't know because electric. Because electric. I need to try. find out what all the fuss is about. And can people ride it now? Can people test the thing? Uh, you can buy it now. You can buy it now. They'll deliver it. They're starting to deliver bikes to customers. They're actually doing it. It's happening. They've done their more R and D at, <laughs> at uh, Phillip Island with Jed Metcher. They've sorted out you know the small issues that the bike had. When I rode it, and I rode the um, the prototype, yeah, um, 
that's all been fixed. The suspension's just next level. Jed, Jed Metcher actually is one of the best handling bikes he's ever ridden, you know. Like, they, they were banging around East uh, Phillip Island. So it was good. Um, you should follow Savage on Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube, or Facebook. Um, truly the pinnacle of electric motorcycle performance. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go buy their gear. Really good. Yeah, the shirts are good. Shirts are great. Get the shirts. I think it's time we talk to our special guest. I think so. Can you believe who just called in? I can. I thought I actually thought he was French, but no, he's not. Not Leon he's not. Camier. Leon Camier. No. He's not it's Leon Camier. Yeah, Leon Camier. And yeah. Leon Camier is the eminence Greece. The grey eminence behind some of the best motorcycle riders in the whole fucking world. Leon, welcome to our show. Bonjour everyone. <laughs> Fuck his French shit, <laughs> <laughs> mate. We hope you have had a great Christmas and, and a good New Year, because um, this will this will all go live after the New Year. So all the very best to you, and and wow, you you really are somewhat of a, a guru, like a Yoda kind of figure. Would you agree with that? The grey hair, mate. That's all it is. It's just the grey hair's coming. It makes me look like I know what I'm on about, but <laughs> not. Yeah. No, but everyone we've spoken to, and we spoke to Senna just just earlier today on one of the other shows, and he, he speaks so highly of you um, and what you've done for him and how you work and all that stuff. I mean, how, how did you sort of transition from being a quasi-successful Racer. What do you mean, quasi successful? <laughs> the man won the British Super Sport. He won the bloody super, British Super Bike. He was a bloody one of my bloody heroes in the, in yeah, the he Super was. Bike. Bloody good. That's he was. fucking. Yeah, but he's, he's no fun. fucking Valentino Rossi, right? Well, nobody is. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll accept that. I'll go with that. Right. Tell, tell us, I'm fascinated to know how the transition worked for you and, and, and what, what you saw was lacking in the sport that you could sort of assist with. It's a good question. To be fair, there's there's a lot of things I think that how the sport can take a step forward, and I think it will. It's just a matter of time. But I think there's a lot of things in other sports that are that are ahead, um, and that's something that we tried to do with Senna. To be honest, and my brother is a uh, he's quite high up in the cycling world. He's a, like a sports uh, performance coach in cycling, so he looks after a lot of of the cycling the the cyclists. Uh, physical condition and sort of approach to the sport and nutrition and things like this and that's something that I sort of grew up with and that sort of sports science world as well and um, it's something that we've what we've tried to do with Senna so when I decided to stop racing um, I got an introduction to Senna through Midori Marawaki um, just for me to sort of try and help him and yeah within it didn't take long for me to sort of understand that the kid's got a lot of talent a lot of talent. Yeah, that's uh, that's what we wanted to ask you. We wanted to ask you, what did you see in 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 Senna that 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 said, yeah, he he's he's got it. Yeah. He's got it. I I think he's he's got that little feral dog in him, you know, <laughs> that little yeah. that little, the little mongrel. The mongrel. You need you need to have that 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 feralness, that uh, a sort of ability to throw yourself at something and just go for it. Like no matter what happens. And I think we went out trials riding for the first day in Andorra and there's like a massive step up and he's never ridden a trials bike before. And he just hits everything. Like he's not scared to have a go. And yeah, eventually he lands it and, and he's away. So he's, it's a mindset. It's a character. It's a, it's an ability to, 
to push yourself to do things you don't want to do. And within seconds, I saw he had that. And and it's not just throwing yourself at something and crashing. And he he eventually figures things out eventually very quickly. So I just saw I saw a massive talent in him and uh, and a mentality that I really liked and something that I could sort of work with and try to to help and and mold and just use my experience to sort of guide him and. He he's he will be very good. There's no doubt, but he already is very very good. So, and, so the, uh, his his future is very bright. So the sport, obviously, you know, what we've all been watching the sport for decades, as have you. It was it has changed so much, and what you were saying earlier about how sports nutrition and training has become an integral and crucial part of the whole makeup of of the modern motorcycle racer, whereas you know the days of Barry Sheen. Smoking cigarettes, smoking cigarettes yeah. drinking piss, getting on at large yeah. before and after the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that that whole madness era kind of thing that was typical of, of the, the 70s and 80s. And it's changed so much. Um, it's had to, hasn't it? Do, do you know what? It's, it's a funny balance is my, uh, is my sort of perspective on it because – you need to do things right, but at the same time, you need to also relax. You need to be able to, you know, have a drink or disconnect from bikes or and however that is for you as a person. But you can't just force it either. It's not about being the best athlete you can be will make you win. It's uh, you've got to be able to let go and and you know, as um, a lot of athletes that live in Andorra, it's it's still that way. It was for me when I was young as well. You need to. You need to have a beer sometimes. You need to be able to disconnect from bikes and then come back to it again and and you make a step like that. But if you're just trying to force the issue all the time and yeah, only drink water and is it thinking is it, that you're is it to do with the fact that they are actually younger? These are they're starting younger. Whereas you know, the, you know, Sheen and all that started much sort of relatively later in life. You know, the Kevin McGee's, the Robbie Phyllis's, you know. They kicked off a bit late. It's possible. I think the sport's just progressing as it as as it does in every sport, you know, and I think everyone's trying to take it more and more seriously and to do that everyone's trying to be the best they can be and to do that you you train right, you try to eat right, you try to, to sleep right, do everything as best as you can. Um so the sport's becoming more and more professional. But at the same time, we've all been there. You know, I remember talking to Johnny Ray about this maybe fifteen years ago, believe it or not. It makes me feel old saying the numbers, <laughs> but <laughs> It's somewhere where we've all we've all been there and done it, where you try to force the issue being as best you can, but it doesn't work. You you ha- you have to find a balance with it. So you have to train right, you have to eat right, sleep right, but also you have to be able to relax. And if that means having a beer and doing them things, then you have to do that as well. So yeah. it's a it's a fine balance, and it's something that you need. Um, yeah, a little bit of a, like anything in life, no a balance. I so, think that's the key to it. All. So Senna coming into Moto Two next year, we had a chat with him, and he, he said he felt he finally feels like. He's got. This is his bike. It's his ride. The 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 wild card rides or the the replacement rides he's done the last two years. It's always been on somebody else's bike. Now he 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 just seems so energized. The, the, I've I haven't seen him look so hmm. positive and and full of of like well, confidence. I I really believe he's, he's he's he will work it out, and it won't take won't take too long for him to be to be fighting. Absolutely. The first test he did was super impressive in uh, in Valencia. I think the first session, like everyone had been there all weekend testing. Um, he jumped on the bike Monday morning, um, so everyone was up to speed over the weekend. Um, I think it was the second test they'd done on Pirelli's. I think he was P8 the first session, then he was like P6. And then in the last session, the team was didn't give him a new tyre, and it was a bit of a strategic plan to not 
get him too confident and sort of putting expectations too high. But yeah. the, the the perspective from everyone was that he was on for a yeah a top a top five a top wherever in in that session. So his his potential's massive. The speed's there. The the mindset's right. We just need to keep him calm. And I think now giving him a full year on the bike, I think obviously there's gonna there's gonna be tough times. Like the reality is is to jump in that championship is everyone sort of sees it as the hardest championship because everyone's on the same equipment. Yeah. Sort of guys with a lot of experience. Yeah, that, but, that's that's true too. Um, it, it is, like I said, it's a championship that's wide open. It's a lot more open than the others. Yes, yeah. but it shows up the, it shows your abilities as well, you know? Oh, yeah. This is what's yeah. glad to be at it. But new tyres this year too. Yeah. Switching to the Pirellis, it's going to level things up for him. It'll be great. It is, yeah. Just just puts everything back on that bit of an even playing field, doesn't it? So, I, I think don't, I, don't uh, I, I think it's super exciting, super exciting moment for Senna. New sponsor. Hooray! New sponsor. Finally, Bentley gets its shit together. <laughs> no. No? Motorsport Trailers, Proprietary Limited. That's like Bentley. They're the Bentley of, motor, of motorcycle trailers. They are. They are. They are. Hey, there's plenty of you out there that are just like me and have a track bike or two that we have to get to the racetrack every now and then. Doesn't matter if they're road race bikes or off-road bikes or whatever. You need to get them to the track somehow. And the best way is in a fully enclosed trailer built by Motorsport Trailers. I, I made a horrendous mistake earlier this year and I bought a trailer from another company. And it seemed like good value at the time because the price was pretty good. The fucking thing leaks like a leaks like the Titanic but it looks when it magnificent. rains. It, it looks good. Yeah, those enclosed trailers make you look like a pro. They do. It means do. I'm not fucking around. Look at this shit. Yeah. You know. Huh? But the pro- here's huh? the problem, right? Even the even the cheap ones look good. But until you look inside them and check out how they're made and what goes into it, you, you don't really know. So the one I bought is a massive failure. It just fucking leaks and it bounces so much that the, it doesn't matter how well you tie the bikes down the they back. Slip, they, yeah. they slip around in the back. So anyway, but you want your trailer to be waterproof so you can keep all your gear in there, like your leathers and your boots and all your spares and all that sort of stuff in the trailer. And it needs to be secure. So if you're going to an overnight thing or you're parking at a hotel on your way somewhere or whatever, you, everything's safe. Yeah, but Sounds like a plan. Yeah. So listen, take our advice. Check out the guys from Motorsport Trailers. Their trailers are made from galvanized steel. They're welded up on a jig to ensure they're perfectly straight. And then they're clad with composite panels and alloy trim to make sure they're waterproof and they're corrosion resistant. Uh, they've, got, they've got lots of different models too. have got multiple base models and they're all fully customizable. You can add awnings on them and doors on the sides and windows. and Put beds in them and live in them if you fucking want. Fucking do anything you want. Aircon Guys will make anything Good to me Yeah yeah. So it doesn't matter What you need to haul Or where you need to haul it to The boys can build you The perfect trailer I love them Yeah It's been in the business For 15 years And they know their shit So don't make the same mistake (laughs) Go and check out Motorsport Trailers www.motorsporttrailers.com.au And get your trailer now 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 Trust me, a quality trailer means you don't have to worry about your bikes and your gear. And it makes, listen, it, it's fucking stressful. When you go onto the track and your bike's in an open trailer or it's in a trailer that's not so good, you worry about it. You worry about getting it there in one piece and making sure everything's all right. No. I've never had a track bike. I stress out just riding to the track no. for a ride day and then I crash my bike. And, just look yeah. up so scrutineering can't get in and have a <laughs> I reckon I'll be selling my trailer and getting one of these. I'm fucking pissed off. I yeah, didn't know about these guys. And now you've told everyone your trailer leaks. <laughs> yeah, I know. No one's buying it no now. No one's buying my trailer. <laughs> yeah, but no one knows her on my real name, so I'll be all right. <laughs> fucking pissed off. I didn't know these guys six months ago when I bought my bucket of shit. Uh, well done. Don't be like Tug. 
contact Motorsport Trailers today. You won't be sorry. Motorsporttrailers.com.au. Go get one. Summertime. I don't know how many times I can watch um, the little tattooed man's heart break. Aaron Kinnett. Aaron Kinnett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's become the tattooed Danny Pedrosa of Moto2. Second, well, second, second. Yeah. You, I'm yeah. leading. Shit. Second. <laughs> Shit gravel. You so want him to win the championship. I do. Country. I want the tattooed man to win. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> no. No, Sander will win before he will win. But I, 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 let's go back to World Superbike. Uh, you were an institution in that paddock for, for many years. How do you? I mean, now Leon is is running the the World mm. Superbike Honda World Superbike team. You're the manager of the HRC team, and it must be tough being a manager of any HRC team right now. But how are you finding World Superbike now compared to when you were racing? How how are you seeing it? Um, I mean, the championship's not changed overly that much. It's, uh, I mean. Still quite a few of the same faces um, are there. I mean, the, the paddock's quite a bit smaller than the GP paddock, but at the same time, the level's super high. The manufacturers are putting a lot of effort in and uh, and trying to win. You know, it's the you, they're representing their their street bike, their their sort of main bike that they sell. So for them, it's a very important championship. And this is something with you know that Honda's putting a massive effort into. Um, things are slower than than what we would have liked to over the last years, but they will arrive. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. The project will arrive. It's just, uh, you know, the Japanese mindset's quite a reserved mindset, which means they're quite slow to to improve things. To When they make a change, things are, are generally speaking, a fraction of the change that it needs yeah. to go forward. Sure. So they, they will arrive. It's just a matter of time for them. And, um, yeah, they, they have their ways and their, their issues, as I'm sure each manufacturer does. But I think that's something that, Hopefully their eyes are opening too right now with the results that they've got uh, in all championships, and I think I think they will change their mentality is the biggest thing they need to do. And and as it's sort of quite openly known that that's what they need to do, and and they're they they understand that as well. well so yeah. I think yeah, I think they're going in that direction. At they're the, at the end of the at the end of the day, yeah. we're still, we're still talking about HRC here and the, the issues that yeah. they've had in MotoGP. It's it's still HRC. They they can fix this and they will fix this They're and they will not they will not live in the darkness no, forever. No, not no. Which you know people go well. You know, Luca Marini's gone to HRC. Oh my God, he's going to crash his brains out and shit. Well, the, one of two, two things can happen here. If he succeeds on the on the HRC MotoGP he's bike, a he's a hero. And if he if he fucks it up and he doesn't, then it's the bike's fault. <laughs> how can how can he lose? Yeah. You know, and you know I've got I've got out from under my brother's shadow. I'm now you know a, a factory rider for probably you know the most glorious team of all time. Yeah, Repsol Honda. You yeah. know, Repsol Honda. It's come on, it's serious shit. Yeah. So yeah. how how do you think Luca will go in um in MotoGP? I, I think you just summed up quite nicely, to be honest. I think it's, <laughs> the pressure's taken off quite a bit with the results that they've had, yeah. and he's yeah. stepping into that, knowing that they're in a shit place. So if he does good, it's him. Yeah. And if he doesn't, then it's the bike. So I think you just summed up quite nicely. And I think he's got to go into it with that perspective, like uh, keep the pressure off of himself, keep his head down, keep working, and uh, and why not? Why can't it arrive? It, it will arrive. Honda will well, yeah. come back to. Uh, and he's mentored by, you know, 
the great one himself has probably told him, you need to make like this. Yeah. I think like this. But but like you, like you, Leon, um, he's a you know, uh, Lucas a tall rider. Like uh, you you were you are a tall rider. You were very, probably the tallest rider in the series when when you were going at the end. Um, is it? He, I heard that he struggles with his weight. He really struggles. With the weight, is that something that you had experience with, with, with uh, when you were riding and racing as well? Massively, yeah. The the size, is, the the height's not such a problem, um, but definitely the weight is a massive problem. And no matter who who says what, it's simple physics that you know a tire can only accept so much load as well, and yeah. that when you're trying to accelerate that load forward the tire can't accept it and then spins more so you're putting a lot more weight a lot more energy through the tire it's only got a certain amount of of grip and you you struggle there's no uh way around it you don't go forward as quick when you're heavier so, so do, you, do you think this new rule that they're bringing into world superbikes for the riders to be uh to be the same weight um do you think this is a good thing well, it's it's quite funny. I've been involved in this because I've been the the MSMA representative for Honda. So yeah. we've been I've been deciding or helping decide some of these rules and and push forward. Uh, well, give my opinion at least, and we sort of come to an agreement between the manufacturers and Dorna and FIM, etc. So I've been quite heavily involved in this uh, this weight limit rule. And the reality is, and I've had this in the in the past as well, where I think it was 2008, believe it or not, we put 10 kilo on the bike from a, a weight penalty from overperforming. And it didn't make that much. It, did, it wasn't enough of a difference to change really our position. Maybe in certain aspects, it sort of hurt us a little bit. Um, but it's not like, uh, you know, you're not going to lose a second lap or anything like that. It's going to be like, a tenth here or there, or a few tenths here or there. With te- but the the six kilo that I think Alvaro will have to put, or even less, I think it is five yeah. kilo or something like this. It won't change that much. There might be the odd time that it hurts him a fraction, but it's not the difference. You've got someone who's like fifty four kilo who's Alvaro, and then you've got someone like Scott Redding or Baz or whoever that's you know eighty kilo. Yeah, twenty five kilo is a difference. That will make a big difference. But you know, it's four kilo, five kilo, that's not really going to make a difference. So it's more of a an introduction of the weight limit and then see what happens in the future if they need to readjust the the numbers and whatnot. But it is what it is. It's a, it's a step in, in the right direction to try and even it out a little bit, but yeah. at the same time, you know, and it is right also what Alvaro and people say, small riders, that they also have other other limiting factors. That's right, yes. But Alvaro's been, you know, he's been busy eating paella all Christmas, you know, stuffing <laughs> in there, getting it, putting it. He's going to show up looking like this little dumpling, you <laughs> he's know. Not gonna, he's not going to fit in that lovely gold <laughs> no, suit. No, no. Which is a shame. That gold right? suit doesn't fit him anymore. I love that gold suit. And <laughs> <laughs> the other thing about having to add weight to a bike is you can you can put that weight in a position where it actually can potentially help. You know, it's not necessarily the disadvantage that some people might think it is. Well, you can put it low on the bike, you can put it forward. I was going to ask that. It. Surely it matters where that weight absolutely, is. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and the heavy riders are carrying that weight up really high. It yeah, lifts the, the centre of gravity yeah. of, the, of the whole bike, you know. So, But the, the other one of the other real changes that's coming in next year, and I'm keen to hear your opinion on this, because a couple of people have said to me, oh, do you think the weight limit will make much difference? And I said no, but... The thing that I think will make a, a, a difference is the, the ability for the teams now to be able to change weights and specifications in some of the moving parts inside the motors, crankshafts and things like that. And 
am I wrong here? They can they can change that throughout the year. Is that is that part of what's happening? The crankshaft, yes. Basically, the, the I think the rule now is twenty percent. Um, you can change the weight of the crankshaft, which which is yeah, uh, giving the bike more freedom because to limit, I think an important thing to to say is that to limit the manufacturer or to limit a team or manufacturer with their standard street bike is fine if everything's even. But you've got a lot of different philosophies from the manufacturers. Ducati want to make a super expensive street bike that. You know the 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 limit now is forty four thousand euro, and Ducati have pushed it to that. They want to make a bike that's you know super expensive and you know with trick components on it from the start. Honda's philosophy is the, the opposite: is to make a, a cheap as possible but high spec bike. So the difference is nearly half, not yeah. quite, but it's substantially different. So if you're then having the same set of rules for everyone, when you've got a different philosophy from the manufacturer, it's quite hard to be competitive. Yeah. Um, this is the same for Yamaha, same for Kawasaki. They're, the Japanese mentality is to make a cheap bike. So they need to open the rules up, which is something we've been working towards the last years to try and open the rules up of the championship. So if you're not performing, you can then adjust your bike where you're weak uh, to create a more competitive bike, which I think I think is correct. It makes sense. And um, I think it still needs some time to be really correct to, to improve these rules, but I think it will give the freedom for every manufacturer to improve their bike and be competitive in racing, which is the the whole point of where everyone's racing, right? If no one's got yeah. the the option to win or be competitive, then no one wants to be there. Yeah, and I had a question too about your, your team for this year. So you guys have stuck with Ikalakiwana and Chavi, um, but you you signed those guys fairly late. So there was a lot of musical chairs this year in World Superbike with people moving teams and and you know, Johnny Ray's moved and and Toprax moved and Scott Redding. Well, Scott stayed with BMW but changed teams. But so there's there's a lot of movement. We was Honda just sort of sitting back and and waiting to see if an opportunity opened for one of those boys in in MotoGP or what? What was we actually joked when we spoke to Senna earlier? We said maybe Leon was holding off signing the two boys to to see if, uh, see if Alberto s- rang him up and said you'll come ride this one. <laughs> no, to see if Senna didn't get his Moto2 right, he could go to World Superbike. But um, so, yeah, what, what was the what was the deal with that? It seemed like those deals were done late, or were they just announced late? Yeah, just announced late, to be fair. We had both riders signed uh, quite early, but there was there was also a – I've got to be careful what I say here. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. No, tough uh, question. There was also a possibility a poss- possibly going into HRC as well to the MotoGP team, yes? Correct, yeah. That was uh, one of the things that was – was waiting there was a possibility that that he could, could move up and if uh then we didn't want to make an announcement because it looked quite messy so we mm. were just waiting but basically both riders were signed quite early to hrc and then uh if there was if Movement, it was needed yeah. then basically one of them yeah. could move up to yeah to that the that makes sense that, make, that makes yeah. a lot of sense of course. yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to world superbike in 2024 well, I, so. I think we, we actually spoke about this late last year and, and we've always talked about world superbike but we've been grand prix focused and, and one of the things we've talked about for 2024 is that we'll spend a lot more time talking about world supers because and we said we're going to make world superbike great again yes, <laughs> yes we're making superbikes great again yeah because yeah, it's it's a lot it's, it's a lot more relevant for road riders and you go back into the days of Carl Fogarty and that and world superbike was almost bigger than MotoGP particularly in some countries some countries saw it as more important and it was huge here in australia and now it's it's the the crowds for superbikes are about half what what we get for grand prix um so yeah we're looking forward to the year we think it's going to be a great year especially with those guys moving it'll change things a lot how do you see this year panning out leon 
Yeah, I, th- I think the the key point of that is is having some competitive racing. I think uh, in the last couple of years when we had Johnny and Top Rack fighting, it was phenomenal racing. It was, Absolutely yeah, phenomenal. that was, yeah, next level. It, it, it drove the viewing figures high, and it was everything was going back in a real positive direction again. And then uh, sort of when Alvaro left Honda and, and went back to Ducati and started performing and winning again, then obviously, yeah, it it sort of didn't look as good on telly. The spectacle wasn't as good, and I think. Um, that's something that everyone knows. The championship knows that as well. And, you know, we're trying to achieve that sort of fighting again. But it's something that that was phenomenal racing. And I think that's the – if you can get back to that sort of racing, Superbike will be, yeah, coming back strong again from a, a viewing figure's point of view. But, you know, the, the level inside – and I know this is, sounds quite hard to say or mm, cliche to say, but if the, the level in Superbike is so – so high it is really really high and these guys you know if if you if you have the right opportunity on the right bike in gps i'm sure these guys can be doing you know can be up the front fighting for wins it's not because you grew up in motor gp you're amazing you grew up in superbike you're shit it's not like that at all no. the level is really high in superbike it's just hard to you know when superbike riders make the switch to gps it's quite hard to really show because you don't always get the opportunity on the right kit and now and again these things have happened, like uh, James Tosland, for example, went across quite early. Colin Edwards, uh, Cal Crutchlow, obviously, has done done good over the years. Um, but a lot of riders, if you get the right opportunity and the right rider needs to go across, then, you know, if you put Top Rack over there, why wouldn't Top Rack be amazing? Yeah, Johnny and, Ray, and, absolutely. Why and it should be, be more It should be more than just a wild card ride, um, especially these days, MotoGP well, bikes. They're not going to get one thing out of one yeah, race. Yeah, out of one race. Nine they're so complicated. They are so complicated. You know, like you were saying, there were nine buttons on, on the left-hand handlebar. I mean, yeah. that, that's going to take, you know, a, a bit to get going. Um, Unless you're Troy Bayless, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless <laughs> Troy's you're Troy Bayless, win. of course. Yeah. So we're going about to speak to Remy Gardner, actually. So, uh, no, no, he's good. He's, he's, he's good? Yeah, he's good. Hey, we're about to speak to him. What do, you, what do you make of his performance? I mean, he did very well in the test, and he's had his first year. What did you make of him? Yeah, it was a strange one, I think, for Remy. I think he, he came on the scene and was looking really strong, uh, and then in the sort of mid part of the year sort of had a bit of a lull for whatever reason. I don't really know uh, what was going on behind the scenes, but then he sort of shows some speed, and he has there's no doubt of his talent. Like he, he is a bloody good rider. And I think when the situation comes right for him and, you know, there's a lot of things internally that never, ever get spoken about. You know, you can have a weak link in the team and it can just be an electronics guy or a crew chief that you're not getting on with or a suspension guy. You can have one weak link will, will ruin your year, you know, make you look very average. So I don't know the details of why he struggled uh, sort of mid year really, but Whatever it is, it looked like he found something in the test, and and I I hope for him that he can figure it out for next year because there's no doubt of that kid's talent. It's just a uh, it's just a matter of trying to put all the pieces together in the team, and I hope he I hope he figures it out because he will be really strong, and it'll be good to have him at the front winning races. Yeah, I I, I just need to ask you something from from a personal perspective. You're you're running HRC in, in superbikes, and you're mentoring and training all these guys in in, in MotoGP. Do you sleep? Do you have a relationship? <laughs> I mean, how, how, how the fuck does that even work, dude? Like, honestly. No, don't ask me that question. That's a, that's a very sore <laughs> point for me. But, yeah, but seriously, I mean, you, you, you race it, there's something on every weekend. Yeah. All weekend. Yeah. You know? Do you feel phone calls? Does the center ring you up and go, 
oh, you know, like my helmet doesn't, my helmet fit. doesn't fit. You know, I don't want to do this <laughs> anymore. <new> helmet. <laughs> that, 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 that fucking summed it up, mate. They're right there. I get, <laughs> I get a lot of that. I'm not fucking <laughs> eating those. Those plugs aren't quite right. Or yeah, those fucking chia seeds taste like shit. I'm not eating that. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, it's been it's been a t- difficult point. That there's not been much sleep the last last couple of years, but. Um, he said you two get along like another, brothers. You you're always at each other. <laughs> he said. Yeah, we give each other some shit for yeah. sure, but yeah, it's it's all in good jest, all in good jest. But yeah, I, I actually stopped the end of this year with Honda. I decided to to pull the pin um, for for one of them reasons, just for personal reasons, because uh, I was away 33 weeks last year. Yeah. Um, I've got a young kid as well, and he's he's turning five in the next couple of days, so. I just wasn't at home, and yeah, that was some other reasons I decided to stop, basically. So yeah. my, my goal now is to concentrate more on Senna. I've got some other projects lined up that I want to do, um, and it's not an easy decision to stop with Honda, obviously. Um, but I'm still in the background helping at the minute. I'm still trying to – I'm still working on the rules for Honda. Um, but, yeah, that will come to a stop, I think, uh, in the next sort of month or so. But, yeah, the goal is to, to stay home a bit more because it's uh, – but it, it's it's so good to see. It's so good to see, you know, riders giving back. And to, we're to, still to involved the, in the sport. Still involved in the sport yeah. at, at a very high level. Because we, we and, get too many riders, you know, that leave the sport and are not contributing all their anything all, at all. Everything they've learned. Anything over those at all. Years, yeah. You know? you know, and there's been some great riders. You, you like doing doing occurs. You know, pops in my head. He does nothing. No, Nothing. No. You know. No. I run strip clubs in Darwin. Champion. <laughs> and I would too, right? Which is not it's not a bad not not a bad retirement plan. But you know but you know yeah, I'm gonna start a couple in Europe, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. That's it. But you know, like Rossi's got his academy and um, you know, you're doing what you're doing and it's 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 great when that kind of comes back. Yeah, well well you know, that's why not. Yeah. Why not? Leon, it has been wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much. And congratulations. What a great job you've done with Senna and, uh, you know, Junior, Junior Moto 2 world champion yep. and future Moto 2 world champion in the, in the, in the Aero City. So, and all the best with your family and, and with what you, what you're doing this year. We really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. And hopefully we can talk to you again sometime soon. Anytime, guys. And yeah, thank you very much for having me on, and best of the luck. And yeah, we'll see if we can get Senna to the to the front of the Moto Two field. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Glad to be on. Good on you. Cheers, mate. Thank Bye. you so Ciao. much, Leon. Good boys. Thank you very much. Bye, bye, mate. What a fantastic guy. What a lovely bloke. Lovely boy. Lovely, lovely boy. boy. And well, yeah, and I think he's going to be fantastic for, for, for Senna's career. I really do. I was really excited when he said that Leon was looking after him. So mm. very excited, guys. I think that's it for us for this one. That's it. Right, thank you everybody. Really appreciate it. We see you next one. See you, man. Bye. I have to say goodbye now. Yeah, okay. Bye.